Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness, reinventing comic book review podcasting on the weekly with sporadically successful but always ridiculous results. I am Mike, and as always, the Superman to my crypto, the Superdog. And although not created by Siegel and Schuster, I find him to be quite the funny man. Please welcome once again, Zach. How are you today, buddy? I am honored to be the person talking after that intro. Mike, you absolutely nailed that one. 10 out of 10. I am excited to talk to you. Not necessarily excited about the book. Ah, oh, come on, man. This is a this is by a classic author. This is by a classic artist. This is a reinvention of a classic character. How could you not be excited just oozing with comic book excitement at this moment? Because it's a John Boone special, Mike. <laughs> the John Byrne special. Well, this, my friends, is when John Byrne actually took on the rewriting of Superman. This is from November of 1986. This is issue number three. And this is the first time he is actually introduced to the Batman. However, more importantly, we are introduced to one of the most legendary villainesses in DC comic book history, Zach. Who is the villain? It is none other than Margaret Pie, the Magpie. Oh, Magpie, yes. <laughs> there have been actual movies and series written about her. She is a huge legend. No, I'd never heard of her. What about you? Oh, genuinely, for a second, then I was like, fucking hell, if I missed something, is Magpie <laughs> actually like synonymous with the DC brand? The way that her wig gets ripped off towards the end of this book, spoilers, Mob Squad, I don't think she is. <sighs> oh, you're ruining it. You're ruining <laughs> it. John Byrne ruined it when he wrote it. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll have to discuss that at the end because I have feelings. You have feelings? I do. Oh, wow. I'm, I never knew that about you. I'm a soft little boy. <laughs> I'm tender around the edges. Mob Squad, just to pull the curtain back a little bit for the Mob Squad, Mike's feeling cute today because he's got a nice new haircut. Oh, I do, I do, I feel adorable. <laughs> but you want me to tell you what I find adorable, and I say this every time, and you, your miles may vary, but I love John Byrne's artwork, the way it starts out. It really is, the thing that I like about it is it beats Mullet Superman that we reviewed a few weeks ago. It feels fresh to this day, but it even feels like you could throw this back in the 40s it's just it feels like superman and i really do and i think batman i think he's done a great job with the artwork in this dude understands how to lay out a panel and a page and all the sequential panels to make the page what it is like it's it's classic visual storytelling i think it's the best way you can describe i'm just speaking in circles mike well i'll tell you another classic storytelling device batman fighting street level crime and he is hunt down a guy who goes by the name Bull, and he is giving this guy the business right out the chute. So this is post-Crisis on Infinite Earth, when the DC landscape was rebuilt. I wonder if Bull had any stake in the pre-Crisis DC multiverse. I'm going to guess it's unlikely, since I don't <laughs> think Magpie did either, and he is one of her thugs. He is not a good one. He looks great. I love the design of him. He's just big, ugly muscle. He's got a cauliflower ear, which is a beautiful touch. But he's <laughs> legging it down an alleyway, away from the Batman. Gets fully WWE drop-kicked in the spine. Roughed <laughs> up a touch. But you know how he gets away from the Batman, Mike? 
Well, I know before he gets away from the Batman, he has good reason because the Batman is threatening this man within inches of his life. And the way he gets away is glorious because it's the oldest bully trope in the book. You just throw shit in the guy's eye. There's trash on the ground. He hurls it into Batman's face and it is just dripping and it's gross. But yeah, in the next panel, Batman's cleaned it up. I guess his bat suit has a windshield wiper for the fucking visor. I don't know. He fully gets a face full of rubbish and leaves. And there is a panel. Uh, it's the first panel on the page after he gets splatted in the face with a... Uh, it's a splat. I was you about to say know. a satisfying it's splat. splat. <laughs> The panel where, out of context, it would just be Batman holding a bunch of leaves against his face and saying, remarkable. (laughs) That's a great panel without context. It is remarkable, hence the term. (laughs) So, of course, Batman isn't going to stand for this bullshit. He goes down the street to hunt down Bull. I fear for this man's well-being. However, fortunately for Bull, we're introduced to a new character in this book it shouldn't surprise anyone even though they are wearing tight spandex and wearing a cape it is not a young liberace it is who the book is named after zach who are we introduced to it is none other than the man of steel himself kal-el clark kent superman whatever you want to call him there's <laughs> we'll get to the joke in it later but there is a great joke about the s on his suit later in this book i can't remember what it is right now but i'll remember when i see it But I absolutely love how Superman is actually introduced in this. And what I also love about this podcast is I was bored as fuck reading this book. And now I'm talking about it. I'm so animated. But (laughs) as Batman flings his bat rope onto what he assumes to be a gargoyle that he can swing off of, Superman flies through, grabs the end of it and is like, Nuh-uh, Batboy, you're coming with me. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure this out. Aren't these two, like, good buddies? Well, it has been the crisis on Infinite Earth which was a thing that happened to make the people who worked at DC's lives easier. Uh, (laughs) Essentially, it was so convoluted in the layers and intricacies of the DC multiverse at that time that they were just like, start again? Sure, why not? And in this iteration, it does appear Superman may be depowered a little bit, which actually I find a little bit refreshing. That was one thing they did introduce with the rebrand of Superman is that they kind of scaled him back in terms of as much of the super bullshit. <laughs> no x-ray eyes, I hope. But who knows? I guess we'll find out. Actually, shortly thereafter, we do find yeah, I was out. I to say you've read but- this right. He uses his x-ray eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that I really love is Superman's going to take Batman to the police headquarters. He's done with this shit. He's like, you're a vigilante. You're going to jail. Batman's like, no, no. I might not be super-powered, but I have an ace up my sleeve. What does Batman threaten to do to keep Superman from taking him in? He threatens to say the word Martha. <laughs> <laughs> no, he the, the Superman plan confused me initially, but when it pays off, I thought was absolutely brilliant. So Batman has a force field around him that uh, if, isn't it, if Superman penetrates the force field, it will trigger a bomb to go off and kill one person in Gotham City. That's what it sounds like. So yeah, and of course Superman can't have that. 
But yeah, somehow or another, he's not really mad about Batman at all this. He's like, all right, well, you know what? Let's talk about this. Let's figure things out. So Batman explains a little bit about what's going on and why he's after Bull. And he starts explaining that there have been not one, not two, but eight murders, I believe, over the last eight days in pretty spectacular fashion, usually involving a theft of something such as jewelry. I think the thing that I find disturbing about this is the thief could have simply stolen the jewelry, but she replaces the jewelry with other things that end up killing the person that owned the jewelry. She's kind of a bitch. I would go as far as saying a domestic terrorist. Like, there is no super villainy in what she does. Like, there, it kind of grossly echoes things that could happen in real life. They're just like nail bombs and stuff that basically she wants to just mutilate and murder as many people in the vicinity of this dense object of anarchy. <laughs> well, she's doing a fine she's job. Doing a fucking bang up job, dude. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, we are finally introduced to our villainess. And she looks like someone dressed up in a sexy Spider-Man Halloween costume with a mohawk? I'm really not sure. But John Byrne style, of course, she's sexed up to the nines. And her name, of course, as we spoiled for the Mob Squad, is Margaret Pie, none other than... The Magpie. I think if I could describe her visually, it is stereotypical 80s movie punk. You know in the 80s when they started putting punks in movies, but they didn't know what punks were, so they just, like dressed people real fucking stupid <laughs> uh yeah mohawk three layer shoulder pads jutting out fishnets of course because john byrne of course but yeah she's not happy she uh feels that bull may have compromised her mission to mutilate and maim as many innocent people for no other reason than i've already stolen your shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the funny thing is is bull says hey you know what? I didn't leave the Batman here, but she is not happy with that. She's like, you could have let him down an entirely different rabbit hole. You could have lied to the Batman. Not like Batman was going to drag him by the hair of his head to wherever it goes. So fuck that. She's just not thrilled with Bull. And how does she take care of our lovely mug of a thug? Oh, no, Mike. Not happy birthday. Not happy birthday as one of oh, the fucking hell. As one of the side thug screams as domestic terrorist Margaret Pye just puts a stick of dynamite in Bull's mouth, lights it, he does nothing about it, and explodes and dies. In his defense, she did incapacitate him with fast acting paralyzing venom. Yes, you are entirely correct. My mistake. That's okay. It's still she blows his fucking head off and says, ha ha ha, poor bull. Now he'll never get ahead in the world. Not happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I'll tell you what makes me happy, though, is one of her thugs is wearing literally just a Hawaiian shirt. So she lets him dress. It must be... It was Friday. You know, yeah, why not? It was dressed down day, so, like casual Friday. <laughs> yeah, so that's all good. Well, at this point in time, Superman and Batman have arrived. Superman just knocks a hole in the fucking wall. There's no way in hell Superman can be stopped. They're going to get caught, correct? Correct. And this has brought me back to my Superman joke that I loved in the book. When <laughs> Superman is about to burst into the room, you've just know, you just know... Like, there's a lovely panel of Magpie oh, laughing hey. maniacally. 
with uh, bull's legs, smoke, and chunks of what I can only assume to be smouldering brain on the floor. <laughs> but one of the goons is like, there's a guy flying around with an S on him. And she said, S? The letter S, as in Seymour. And I would absolutely <laughs> lose my mind if Superman's name was just Seymour. Nothing else changes about the character. It's just his superhero name is Seymour. <laughs> you know what? Everybody needs a name. So we have a wall with a hole in it. Superman and Batman about ready to take her in. But she has proven trickier than advertised because she is able to get away by dropping a literal acid bomb in the room and taking off. Again, domestic terrorist. All of her bombs have different explosion categories. I'm I'm not a domestic <laughs> terrorist. I'm not uh, au fait with the terminology. But, like, there's gas bombs, there's nail bombs, there's good old-fashioned dynamite for bull. But, you know, you can drop a gas bomb in a room and expect to kill some people, but what you don't expect is for a man from Krypton to take an absolute lungful of this, like he was ripping a bong, fly into space... <laughs> And disperse it like the biggest vape cloud you've ever seen in your life away from harm. And somehow or another, while he's doing this, because I don't think this takes long, and I don't think she has superpowers. And earlier in this book, Batman got away from Superman. How does he let Magpie escape? I have no idea. Freaking out about the acid. He's like, oh, acid. But that's all in Superman's lungs. All he has to do now is just fucking run after her. It's illogical. I guess she just did a quick kaboom, you know, like a smoke bomb exit, maybe. Yeah, well, as she says in the panel, TTFN, ta-ta for <laughs> yeah, now, I love sucker. TTFN. She takes off. So Batman has decided to hang around the crime scene because he has the most spectacular thing in the Batmobile. It's not going to allow him to haul the softball equipment to the park this weekend, my friend. He has a fucking mobile lab on wheels, and Superman is super impressed with this. It looks like, without the speech bubbles, of a drawing of Batman trying to sell Superman's stolen office supplies out of the boot of his car. (laughs) Well, that is not what he is doing, thankfully, because there is a small thread that somehow or another Batman has found in all this. Going back to what you said, he could have gone after her, but he was like, I could chase her, or I could stay here and look for clues on how to find her. And I said, but she's there. She's there, and you're a trained <laughs> athlete. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds one, and it's over 5,000 years old, and Superman acts dumb as fuck. He's like, she she can't be 5,000, right? It's like, Superman, are you stupid? Ah, is he stupid or is Superman Christian? He's like, what? We haven't been here for 5,000 years. <laughs> yeah, 6,000 years ago, the Earth didn't fucking exist. What the <laughs> What's going on? Time out. I just noticed what the Batmobile looks like. Uh, it looks like the uh, stupid. Dan- it's like a Buick. Yeah, like a standard. Uh, is that what you'd call a sedan car? <laughs> yeah, just a just a just a two door fucking car. I guess that's so he can park at places. People, he doesn't have to worry about people fucking with it. But they are on the way to the only place that Batman knows that could harbor a five thousand year old artifact. Besides the fact that 
He's also done a little more research, and we're going to get one of the most Silver Age reveals about how they figured out her identity. No, 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 Mike. The crisis on Infinite Earth is often referred to as the death of the Silver Age and the birth of the Modern Age. Boom! Fuck! Well, I'm telling you, there's a Silver Age as fuck what happens <laughs> oh, no, on is, the yeah. next page. Nothing changed apart from the mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a museum full of mummies, because apparently... Magpie is just like rolling around with mummies. It's like, hey, I want to get all the mummy fur on me so I can drop hints everywhere. She's just standing around, hands in the air, bitching and moaning when she looks over her shoulder and she sees the Batman. (gasps) Just to go back a second, though, don't they mention that this museum that she is residing in is abandoned? I think the one she was originally residing in. So I guess is this? Yeah, I guess this is the same museum. I don't why know why would they would leave all, all the mummies in it. Priceless artifacts, actual mummified mummies, and they're like, ah, close it down. No one's going to the fucking museum. We'll turn it into a <laughs> Wendy's eventually. <laughs> hey, you know what? You have to have somebody work. It's hard to get employees nowadays. <laughs> so Batman shows up and calls her by her first name. No, no, Margaret. I'm very much alive. Alive enough to have deduced where you would probably work. And alive enough to check the employee records of the museum and find the name Margaret Pye. Using that moment to draw her attention for the most dramatic wig yoink in Superman history. (laughs) He (laughs) yoinks that wig right off her head. Yeah, imagine... The reveal of an obligatory Scooby-Doo villain, but only the wig. And that is exactly <laughs> what you get in this image. Just me with like a mop of uh, fucking Jimmy Olsen hair. Yeah. And the fucked up thing here is this is like soul crushing to this lady. This breaks her completely mentally. Yes, she entirely breaks down at this stage. It turns out that... There, I'm sure, is some backstory as to why, but essentially she wants all the nice pretty things because she's magpie. Uh, I think bullies called her magpie when she was younger, and now she's like, I'm going to mutilate and murder everyone in a series of sequential and quick domestic terrorist uh, (laughs) actions. I don't know. Again, I'm not on top of it. I'm not down with a domestic terrorist. I don't know how to... uh, I had to speak the lingo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as she's sitting there, a heap in the floor, we get a touching discussion. As Superman feels sad for her, and Batman feels sad for her as well. She's just a broken lady. She didn't kill nine fucking people in in the span of eight days. No, she's a nice lady who was just pushed a little too far, Zach. Hey, you know, working in a museum can be tough. And sometimes her childhood wasn't exactly what it wanted. So yeah, give her a pass. Fuck those nine people and their grieving families. Good on you, Margaret Pye. (laughs) And we're down to the last two pages. We see Superman and Batman looking over the city. Of course, Batman sounds bitter, thankfully, because that's what Batmans do. Superman has to know, though. Hey! What about that guy you were going to kill? Batmans or Batmen? Uh, <laughs> Just to really Bat- derail your question, and I apologize, but <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, I-, I have to get to the bottom of this. 
I figure if you can call vampires Draculas, I can call Batman Batman. I don't know. Did I actually call them Draculas at all during that episode? I think I might have called them Draculas. <laughs> I think, like, I was waiting for you to call them Draculas, and I think I may have called them Draculas because I was disappointed you hadn't called them Draculas up to that point. But I could be wrong. Either way. Either way. You were saying. <laughs> <laughs> what about this guy Batman was just going to kill? Oh, uh, yes, of course. The actual uh, crux of the story. So earlier we mentioned that Batman had planted a bomb somewhere in Gotham and that if Superman laid a hand on him, an innocent person would die. And I don't know if the word innocent were used, but a person would die. I think innocent was used. Well, that means Batman is very fucking full of himself and has a very warped view on what he does as a pastime because <laughs> the bomb was on him the entire time. If Batman touched him, he would have killed himself. Oh, what kind of bullshit is this? I guess it was, when I read it, I was like, ah, what a good twist. How very Batman. And now that we've dissected it, for literally six seconds, the wheels have fallen off. (laughs) Well, the last panel, of course, calls back to pre-crisis as Batman. Looking up at the sky as Superman flies away, calls him a remarkable man. In a different reality, I might have called him friend. Exactly how I feel about you, Mike. Oh, thank you. In a different reality, <laughs> different we, reality, could, have been we could have been great friends. <laughs> Instead, we are just bitter podcasters, angry at one another constantly. Contractually obliged to put up with each other's nonsense week after week for your enjoyment, Mob Squad, okay? You do this to us. <laughs> well, thankfully, we can only stand so much of each other before the wheels fall off this podcast, so we are at the end of our review. And we have, of course, to review this, discuss the multiverse of gladness and the multiverse of sadness. Zach, what made you smile? What made me smile is genuinely, uh, if I can give an honorable mention once again to the panel of Batman holding up leaves to his face, smushing them in and saying (laughs) remarkable. Just again, absolute stroke of genius. Just the easiness to read mm-hmm. like there, there wasn't much story so don't get me wrong that probably helped but it just flowed really nicely mm-hmm. in the reading of it like the pacing was good the art again going back to what i was saying at the beginning of the book really helps shape the story obviously because uh, john Byrne wrote and did the art for this so he was fully in control of how he wanted the story presented and i think it pays off i i, I really If there was a bit more interesting things happening, I really would have enjoyed this one. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the pacing as well. This, as we mentioned, plays out very much like a Silver Age story. There's a little bit of Silver Age wonkiness with the Margaret Pie. John Byrne's artwork lends itself so well to any era that this plays off as a much older kind of... uh, I guess, non-serious comic, which is fine. Um, So, yeah, I I like that about that. I agree 100%. As far as sadness, give it to me. Oh, you're just agreeing with my gladness. Yeah, 100%. Okay, I'll take that. We've done done, done that before, but I'll check the rule book after we record, and if not, you have to schedule in for reshoots. Anyway, my (laughs) sadness for this book is the fact that up until... I guess maybe 2009 and Mob Squad, please email us uh, if we are incorrect. But like around the 2008-2009 New 52 reboot, this magpie story leaves in face Seymour 
was how Batman and Superman first met in DC canon. Like, that was canonical. This is how they fucking met. Yeah, as far as that goes, I guess that didn't bother me. What did bother me, however, is kind of, and this is going to unwind some of what I said previously, the Silver Ageness of Superman facing Magpie is just stupid. She she should have literally just grabbed her by the back of the, the shirt and just taken her to jail. This lasted a lot longer than it should have. So, obviously, depending on when this comes out, the episode may have come out, but we recently, in, in real life, in real time, talked about a flashback where that was very much the same argument. It's like, with the powers that you have, there's no point in being verbose and making a grand spectacle. You are perfectly made to deal with the situation quickly, <laughs> quietly, and efficiently. But you decided to put on your pants outside your trousers, put on a cape, and make it all about you. <laughs> well, also, Magpie, to me, she feels a bit like a white rabbit clone to me because she's got gadgets, she's punching above her weight class, she's not going to win any of these fights. Two more things. Thing number one, sympathetic Batman at the end. Fuck that. I want my Batman to be an asshole. Thing number two, how you completely call me out for agreeing with you, fuck off. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wow. I was, you know, earlier when we were like, I thought we were riffing about not liking each other. Did I, no, did I touch a nerve there, Mike? Yeah. You know what? I'm not only feeling cute today, I'm feeling salty. Oh, just how I like it. Going back to what you were saying about the white rabbit, it's like the white rabbit, if the white rabbit spent less time fucking around in burger joints and more time creating orphans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the white rabbit... Doesn't seem as angry as Magpie. She's just having a good time. No, uh, Magpie is a fractured person. There, there's there's a yes, lot more going on than just wanting shiny things and your name kind of sounding like Magpie. Like, she needs professional help. And regardless of how fractured she is, no excuse for killing all these fucking people now. How would you propose we rate this book on good or bad so it's it's a simple decision it's a yes or no and to keep it thematic given that this was the beginning of an era we are going to reboot it or poop shoot it <laughs> well i wanted to poop shoot this one but i'm actually going to reboot it because john byrne for all his faults does know how to write a story he does know how to lay out a comic book and he does know how to th make things fun and make things interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep this one. I will, for this book, Mike, if that is your real name, I'm torn. Because <laughs> when I first read it, did nothing for me. Obviously, you always say, if it puts a smile on your face, that's a winner. And there were only, like, little elements that put little smirks on my face. The rest of it was just drudgery. But discussing it with you, again, I found a newfound appreciation for it, but I think that's just because I enjoy talking to you. So my deliberation oh. will be, once and for all, drumroll please, poop shoot it. Oh, poop shoot, poop shoot it. it. Yeah, and I don't think this book made me happy enough to recommend it. So with that said, I think we're done. If you do want to reach us and talk about this book or any other book, you have several options to do so. One of them is reaching out to us on Twitter where I live 24-7, <laughs> regardless of whether Elon Musk bought that shit or not. Don't care. I'm there. Zach's there as well. I'm at Multiverse of Bad most of the time. He is at ZCH underscore BSTRD. Reach out to us on Twitter. You can reach us 
on TikTok at Multiverse of Badness. You can reach us via telephone, one 399 Zach, email. We still haven't gotten many mails. Why don't you tell some folks how they can bulk up our inbox? Make us feel welcome. Make us feel wanted. At multiverseofbadness.com. <laughs> you can reach us there. You can reach us at, hey, Zach, that's absolutely not true what you said about the new 52 and this being canon up until the mid-2000s, so go fuck yourself. At multiverseofbadness.com. And you can reach us at cute and salty at multiverseofbadness.com. <laughs> well, I will also say this. I must apologize, Mob Squad, because the one thing I forgot to say that made me sad about this is we did not review issue one of this run which has John Byrne drawing a baby, and it is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. So go check out issue one. You will also see more John Byrne small child artwork. It's always a pleasure. That being said, we are finished 100% kaput with this episode. So remember, if you're going to turn to a life of crime and take part of your first name and part of your last name and round them together to make it easy to fit into a one-page storyline after superheroes find you because all they have to do is look you up on an employment registry you're likely doing your priming business in the multiverse of badness they literally just like she was wearing a fucking name tag like margaret there we go done busted (laughs) i'd love to think that she was sitting around going okay you know what i've got to be clever nobody will get magpie i mean (laughs) That'd be like if I I was a villain villain called Zalliums. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a lot better than Magpie. Mine would be just like, actually, I guess Malice, maybe. Malice. Malice. Milas. There you go. (laughs) Milas. Milas is cool. Milas. Miley Cyrus. Me and Miley Cyrus can be the same villain.